Hello everybody, how's it going? In today's episode, I had the pleasure and honor to host my dear friend, James Sedano. He is the founder of Branchata, which spans from New York City to Miami to Barcelona and Mexico. And on top of that, he's the founder of Bachata Central Radio, the biggest bachata radio in the internet in the world. We talked about many things and how James started his journey in the dance world and how he connect, stay connected to his community. Enjoy the listen. Man, it's good to it's see you. Going. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, good to see you right there. Uh, long time no speak. I know. Um, it's been quite a uh and, and, and like time right like going with the pandemic and everything else so yes been... like yesterday we were dancing together in new york and now look where life uh threw us apart yeah <laughs> i think it was so unexpected for everyone i know you've you ventured down south to the beautiful country the beautiful state of florida uh <laughs> the way you said it is interesting and uh you would move, and i moved back to israel How's it been for you there? <laughs> well, it's been great, man. Um, Florida in the beginning was a little bit, um, you know, because everything is so spread out, very different than New York. New York, everything is like together, right? Yeah. So here to meet people was a little bit uh, a challenge because mm -hmm. you really have to go out of your way to go to socials and start um, connecting with people, right? But uh, I feel like in New York, you're like in the Mecca and you don't really have to go that far. It's like you just walk down the street, you hear music playing, you're like, oh, that's a social. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> true. Know? I mean, in New York, you could go into every barbership and it's pretty much a mini social because there's a exactly. lot of a lot of Dominicans in New York and they just rock that music. I, it was, every time I went to a barber store until I shaved my head, <laughs> it was a party. <laughs> By the way, I'll just yeah. uh, a quick reminder. I heard your phone go off, so if you just like put it on silent, it will be. Yep. Got it. Yeah. So until like, so let's talk about like the the situation there because I saw uh, in the news that well, Miami is a uh, is the odd one out, and when it comes to uh, COVID. They're just like, you know what? We're going to just live our lives and do whatever we want to do. Yeah, Miami, like I said in the beginning, is very interesting. They handle <laughs> things uh, differently than the rest of the country. <laughs> so Miami, like they shut down. But at the same time, you're talking about a tourist place, right? So yeah. what makes up Miami is the tourism. So they have to make money. And dancers are not going to hold back. So they're also going to be there willing to dance. Um, and especially since, you know, since they, the rest of the country shut down, a lot of people moved down to Miami. I know. I uh, even if it's temporarily, like rents have gone up, real estate has gone up. And the truth is that there's a lot of more dancers now than before. Like before when we used to do socials, we used to have to promote and try to bring people together now you do a social and people just show up <laughs> so it's super cool <laughs> that's awesome that's really awesome i mean well health wise it's it's a little bit of it i would say it's a challenge but on the other on the social perspective which is people crave so much for it it's uh it's just amazing to hear that like people are coming together 
Correct, correct. No, definitely. You see it. I was, um, we took off for like a few months to Mexico mm-hmm. during the pandemic. And when we returned, everything was so different. <laughs> yeah. And it's really, it's good because you feel the energy, like it's good, positive people. And I don't know, it's just an overall good experience right now. Um, and I just feel like a lot of people that got sick, because people did get sick, mm-hmm. uh, have already recovered, right? And now that those people recovered, they're already dancing. And people, like in Miami, I don't know how it's in the rest of the country, but Miami has been very proactive with the vaccines. Yeah. So as soon as I got back from from Merida, I went and I got the first vaccine done uh, the next day, the next morning, basically. And, you know, after that, your your immune system goes up. You're yeah. a certain percentage. I think it's like 60 70%. And then I just got the second vaccine a few days ago, you know, hey, so uh, in general, up. I think a lot of pe- people feel more comfortable being out just because of the fact that they either already have the immune because they had COVID or because they already have the vaccine. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's uh, the whole point of herd immunity when people are feeling safe and everyone is, has the antibodies and now they can uh, kind of move back to the all the normal the the old normal that used to be when you can just walk on this on the street and just be with people yeah it's it's funny because you walk in and you know some people still don't know it's a little bit awkward when you first see them after a while you're like do i hug this person do i give them a kiss <laughs> do i just give them a pound like you know like but then after you know you get there and you start dancing like everybody forgets yeah. about everything they're like hey <laughs> <hugging> each other. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if, if if someone has a doubt how to start a conversation, just slap someone. That's a great icebreaker. <laughs> slap someone? Yeah, just like, you know, just slap across the face. It's a great <laughs> idea. It's definitely going to get the conversation going. <laughs> Is that like an Israeli handshake? Nah, nah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, here we do it in a friendly manner, but I mean, it's just with close friends. It's not really a thing. It's uh, It's really like... <laughs> You know, but here it's different. Here it's a little bit, uh, here things are really opened up, you know, aside from some things like movie theaters, I think. And, mm-hmm. and I don't know what else, but I think just the movie theaters are the one that left. Everything else is open. Like parties are back. Uh, con- uh, Congress is already in the bank in the making here. Amazing. Mask mandate is off. So you can walk on the street without a mask. Uh, which sucks because I can't lip sync anymore and I, I look weird. <laughs> but when you're singing, when you're dancing, <laughs> I know. Like I, I, I now people see if I if I don't smile at them or I just like if I muffle something. You know, you cannot just like be who you are anymore. <laughs> there is no cover. <laughs> now you're all exposed, and it feel it feels weird. But at the same time, it feels good to be uh, to be in this uh, state. How was how was your how was your transition like from the life of before covid and after how 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 did it affect you well man my life before covid was so different than what it is today um i mean i was doing the radio part-time i mean you know that i have the bachata central radio yeah and i was just doing that on the side you know during covid i was working with our our DJs like you know I started mm-hmm. working with Limbo Latino York in the beginning and then of course we added more people to the team um, but the radio really grew approximately 400 400 percent if not more that's insane right yeah and I'm, I'm assuming it's because people were home and they're like oh what do we do right and more people were connected to social media and we started doing live streams and everything and uh, the radio just took off 
hmm. right? And then our authority within the in the music scene has really been present, right? Like, I mean, the only thing that was relevant to the dancing was the radio because everything yeah. else was shut down. Like the Congress were shut down, schools were shut down, but the only thing that was still playing was the radio, was the live streams. Yeah. So when it comes to relevance, uh, I believe that radio was the only thing that, you know, was there during the whole pandemic. And it just kept on growing. Like we started adding more shows, more live streams. We had we got more DJs. And the, the the whole goal was that was to prep for what comes afterwards, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that we did a really great job prepping because now our presence is global. Yeah, I and saw then, it's all over. And I was uh, I was there from day one. I think I was tuning in once in a while to hear the things that you do and I really had a good time just kicking back, you know, and listening to the tunes. Which is awesome. And I and I like just to set the timeline for people, like we met at Bachata Rosa. That's where yes. our first uh, our first initial meeting. And then you started Branchata in uh, Gonzalez and Gonzalez, right? If I'm not mistaken. Correct, correct. That's where your your debut in the in the bachata scene uh where you help people it's like come and eat brunch, get mimosas and then get your groove on. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's a great combo. Like, don't get me wrong, but uh, and then you exploded in the scene with the Central Bachata Radio. Yeah, Bachata Central Radio. <laughs> but sorry, Bachata Central Radio. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's that's awesome, man. I'm so happy like that to see friends that just have a passion and just like run with it and like bring people together, specifically when no, it no. comes to bachata. Yeah, I mean, Branchetta was funny how it happened because uh, we first started, me and my group of friends in New York, we started dancing, right? So we got looped in it. First we started with salsa, then we mm -hmm. started doing bachata. And then bachata essential was really just starting up in New York. And then at first we we're like, what is this thing, right? Because everybody's <laughs> body rolling. You're like, what is this? Like, uh, oh boy. And then all of a sudden, like, you start doing it and then you get hooked. You know, you're like, oh, this actually feels good. <laughs> you're like, oh, this connection, the lead and follow, it's actually nice. So, you know, in New York, like brunch is like a typical thing you do every Sunday, right? You spend oh, the day yeah. having brunch with your friends. And then it was like, hey, wouldn't it be nice if we could do brunch and dance at the same time? So we were like my close friends and we we're like having mimosas. I was like, oh, why would we call it? Oh, bachata brunch. I'm like, yeah, but that's, I don't know. It's cool. But we want something that's unique, right? Yeah. So they're like, oh, like, okay, bronchata. I'm like, oh, perfect, let's do it. <laughs> and then a month went by, nobody did anything. And then one time uh, we're having brunch with, you know, Lauren. Of course. Uh, we're like with Lauren, a bunch of other friends. And then we're like, oh, we were at Hayati in this place in the Lower East Side. And then we're like, James, why don't you talk to this guy? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to talk to him. We don't miss, you know, you don't lose anything if you don't ask. Exactly. So I'm like, all right. So I talked to, I talked to the guy, his name was Samir, the owner of Hayati. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hey, Samir, do you guys do brunch on Sundays? He's like, no, we open like around three, whatever. And I was like, well, will you want to do brunch? Do you want to have like an extra, you know, uh, source of revenue? Yeah. He was like, hey, if you're willing to do something, let's do it. And I'm like, all right, perfect. He's like, give me the brunch menu. I'm like, what? <laughs> so I had to create a brunch menu, right? So I'm like, all right. So we did that. And the first event, man, the, the reality is that we weren't expecting such a huge turnout. And the first bronchata in Hayati, we, the Hayati, I think, has a capacity of about 180, no, 150 people. We had about 180, 200 people. Because as soon as we opened up, people were already waiting to come in because it was from one to six 
and around 12 I get there and there were already people waiting for bronchata. Nice. And everybody's like, hey, is bronchata here? Bronchata? I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it was something that just worked, right? You opened the door, you started playing music immediately. And the, the opening day, we basically dried out the bar. The bar ran out of liquor. The, the, the place, the kitchen ran out of food. And we were like, wow, this is crazy. So the owner of the of the venue was like, hey man, like, you know, let's let's do it again. <laughs> so, I, I I think I think he he was uh, he was impressed to say the least. Yeah, no, I was impressed. I was expecting this <laughs> huge turnout. <laughs> I was like, wait, where did I mean, I you know, hit like, like, like these uh, people, but where do people come from? Yeah, you hit like that like uh, a very cool niche when like people want to go to brunch on a Sunday. It's still a weekend, yeah. and people want to kind of hang out and just and you just took the market yeah and it was interesting because um you know there's a lot of dancers in new york that were part of dance teams on whatsoever and i had a couple of people reach out to me like hey can you move your bronchata to like a later time because my dancers are coming into the practice like drunk and i'm like it was true like people would come before they go to practice you know they'll get tipsy and then they'll go to practice uh you know like dance yeah. practice which is a bit dangerous but it's you know I'm, i was telling like guys don't drink if you're going to practice because you know that's your responsibility yeah but it yeah no it happened that we, we were like pulling all the dance communities together because i mean you were in new york right so you have like dance school that they were doing the one thing another dance school doing their their own stuff and everybody had their own little socials right yeah i think bronchata was this community that brought all the schools together right and i think on our first year anniversary we kind of emphasized that because we had like shows dance shows from every school in new york city and you know we had like not only dance shows we also have like artists that showed up we have yeah, Dashel, yeah we i have, remember uh melvin alias we had a like you know everybody just participated and it was a great community because we just enabled that right bringing all these different schools together all different people that maybe they don't follow the dance community but they just dance bachata yeah so we were able to integrate everyone together so bronchata in new york was a real big success and right now we still haven't done anything like you know after post-covid but the plan is to eventually kick that off again and then once i moved down to miami the first thing i did was like well we have to do a bronchata in miami because you know everybody's so spread out <laughs> so we did the same thing and then we created a nice little community and you know we collaborate with everyone here yeah. you know the same thing in new york we collaborate with everyone there it's just about getting people together you know regardless of what school you're going to you know it's just like the time to bring not only existing dancers, but also bring new dancers, right? Because one of the jobs that we have when we do bronchata is like, if you see someone standing on the side, like go introduce yourself, bring them in, like, you know, because I mean, that's the that basic benefits the entire community. Yeah, that's, I think the basic conduct should be like, I feel like it was, it's uh, when you see someone standing on the side, like make them feel part of the, part of the group. Exactly. And, and I think that's super, uh, that's, that, that's very meaningful because people feel like they belong to something, right? Yeah. And they, they don't feel excluded. Because I mean, I think I've seen that a lot in some socials that, you know, if you don't know someone that's there, it's really hard for you to penetrate that, that scene because people are not that welcoming. But I think that we all have to just reach out because the, the more people dance, the better it is, not only for the dance schools, but for the festivals, for the for the radio, I mean, like for the entire dance community, you know, and I think that's the one goal that not only me, but my entire team and the radio are trying to enforce is like we want to take this uh, to the general market. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, I don't know if this has happened to you, but to me working at I was working at NBC Universal 
corporate headquarters, right? And they're like, oh, what do you do for fun? I'm like, I dance. And the first thing they do, they look at me, like, what do you mean you dance? Like, you know, they look at me like I'm like, you yeah, know, like a drunk like or an alien, <laughs> like, you oh, know? this guy likes to party. <laughs> and the way I explain it to them is like, yeah, no, some people, you know, you do yoga, we dance. <laughs> it's, the, it's the same way that you distress your body, get the toxins flowing. Yeah. But, um, you know, that misconception of the dance community, you know, is still there. Yeah, 100%. And I think it's everybody's job in the dance community to talk more about it and do that comparison. Like, hey, you know, this is the way we get rid of stress, right? Because, yeah. I mean, dancing has so many health benefits. And I think that, um, it, like, when you work in corporate environments, they kind of look down on that, right? And we have to change that attitude. I think it's it's after post COVID, like when people see the effects of uh, isolation on mental health, I feel that dance will have a huge role uh, in in coming back together. And I feel like dance will be. I think, for at least for my opinion, I think dance is the key for bringing people together. It's one of those things that just you can you can uh, put aside a lot of differences put aside a lot of things and just go and be yourself and ex like express yourself and be part of a community without like too many too many issues you know just don't mm -hmm. be just don't be a jerk you know don't be a creep and you'll be fine exactly <laughs> <laughs> by the way which happens i know <laughs> it that. happens but that's like what's like with uh when that's when Sometimes you know there's those people, and uh, I feel uh -huh. like the fo the community has the force to navigate through those people. I have a question: yeah. that have you always sure. been in the like uh, into bringing people together, like a community uh, oriented person? Yeah, you know that's really interesting because I still consider myself to be an introvert, mm -hmm. and most people do not believe me. Even my girlfriend, <laughs> she's like, "You're not introverted." I'm like, "Yes, I am," <laughs> right? Because it's really, um, you know, I'm, I come from. I was born in Peru, brought up in New York. I went to corporate headquarters immediately, working for NBC. I was in the company for 20 years, and you know, fitting in that corporate structure was really hard for me, especially someone that comes from a sub community, right? Yeah. Because uh, growing up in, I grew up in Jersey, and then I moved to New York. But growing up in Jersey, you have like this sub community of Latin culture that's very present, right? Yeah. And then when you go to corporate America, and I'm talking about 2001 and oh, 2002, boy. when it's not as it's not as welcoming, right? Like as, as today, today, I think it's a little bit easier. But back then, like I was the only Latino in the team, Ooh. right? And coming in there, I was like, wow, I have to fit into this corporate, you know, environment. And I didn't fit the NBC profile because everybody was, you know, Anglo and, you know, very American, I would say. You can, you can say now, white. The definition <laughs> of very American has changed, right? Because, yeah. um, but that took a long process. And for me to fit in was very like, oh, I felt a little bit uncomfortable. But now it's like, now I see how not only corporate America has changed, but also like people have grown to accept that different is good. Right? I mean, Before whoa. different was like, dude, like, uh, you know, this guy, I don't know, let's not include him because he doesn't follow football. And it was like things like that. I would get into the office and people would be like, oh, did you see the Super Bowl? I'm like, uh, no, because <laughs> I don't follow stuff like that, right? Yeah. But um, now I feel like people are more open to like, oh, I don't follow Super Bowl, but I did this and I did something else. I, you know, I watched soccer or I did, uh, I don't know, I went dancing, I took a class and they're like, wow, what, you did what? So, you know, I think that fear of just fitting in went away and now more 
I value more the 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 being different, right? Because um, when you're different, you bring a different perspective, not only for 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 yourself, but to the entire organization, because you have yeah. a different view on things, and you are adding value by bringing those different things, because you think differently. And I think that's something that I got to learn during my career that I was like, okay, it's okay to be different because I bring a different point of view on stuff and I mm-hmm. bring a different perspective that maybe they would have not thought of it unless I would have brought it up, right? So it took me a while to get comfortable with myself in a very different environment, right? And like unknown environments. And with the dance community, at first, I was feeling a little bit like, oh man, this is kind of like, I would hesitate to go ask people to dance. But then again, the dance community is such a, I would say like a safe network that mm-hmm. people are there to dance, yeah. right? You're not trying to pick up a girl. You're not trying to make, make, make an impression. I mean, you're just are. there to express yourself and just enjoy the dance. Yeah. And that has enabled me to be more outgoing in a way. And, uh, you know, when I, when I was able to participate in those, in some dance communities, I was like, wow, this is wonderful. I can do this and, you know, keep on growing this community to reach wider audience, right? And then it's like, and right now, my goal is to make everyone aware of the dance community and take what we do mm-hmm. outside of just the dance community, right? Take it to the general market. Yeah. And that's where we're headed. And yes, now I feel a little bit more confident of um, talking about what I'm doing, bringing people together. And that's something that I realized that's my passion. I love to work with good people. I love to bring good people together and especially enable that communication, right? Because sometimes you'll find people in the dance community that are doing certain things by by themselves. And you might just know someone that can help that person get to wherever they're trying to do faster. I'm like, hey, have you spoken to this person? Like, you know, this person is doing X, Y, and C, and you're doing A, B, and C. Maybe you can put them together and come out with, you know, a better solution or whatever you're trying to get to faster. And I've been able to do that, you know, and I think that collaborating all across, it's just, it it makes me feel fulfilled. That's amazing. I think that's, I I feel... I can really relate to this feeling because bringing people together and I'm very happy. You know, I see the couples that came up from Rosa and I'm very happy because I'm like, that's, that's, you know, that's next level of connection. There's like a dance connection and the next level of connection when people kind of see through each other, through the dance, through the personality and decide to continue this off the floor. And I'm like, wow, that's awesome. You know, when friendships really create uh, are established from something similar it's uh and and you're the one who responsible for that i mean that's a, an amazing reward and i was wondering how do you feel about because a lot of things revolve around money a lot of things revolves around like how can you make a profit out of it but like and yeah. like, like you just said there's a lot of a lot of uh reward and fulfillment just from from doing this so how what would you tell to someone who who would like to do something like that, who would like to create a community? Should they be worried about money or or what? My thing, and this is what I follow. Yeah. And I really believe that if you're passionate about stuff that you're doing and you're good at it, the money's gonna follow, right? And I not only uh, not not on the on the dance community, but I apply this to my work, to everything else that I do, right? Even with the radio. Uh, with the radio right now, we're not generating any money, mm-hmm. right? Because what I'm trying to do is create like a neutral platform that we enable independent artists to 
to reach our audience, right? Yeah. Which is the dancers. Um, I think that in general, if you're focused just about money, then do something that's just money driven, right? And if, if you're passionate about something, it might take a while for you to start making some money out of that, you know? And you, so, or you may not make any money out of it, but you're following your passion. But if this is something that you're looking to do as a business, because mm-hmm. I know people that are in the dance community and manage this as a business, right? Um, you tend to be focused too much on the money part that you lose that, um, that passion with the dance with the dance community with the purpose why you're doing this right yeah if you're doing this for money it's it's really tough to make i'll be honest like bronchata all of that i really don't make any money out of that right i just did it to bring people together i had a job and you know focusing on that and i, I did this because i wanted to do it because i could satisfy satisfy my need but the dance community really you don't really going to make a lot of money if you think that you're going to do a social and make thousands of dollars that's not true because every venue you have to pay the venue, you have to pay the DJ, you have to pay the photographer. You know, your first socials you're probably gonna break even, right? Yeah. That's if sometimes you even go negative because if like the venue is asking for a security deposit and you have to meet that goal, and if you don't make it, you have to pay money to, you know, to not get sued and stuff like that. So if you're trying to do something in the dance community for money, I would say look somewhere else because. You know, the, even the vibe that you give in the environment is not going to be the same because if people are not consuming liquor, because most dancers do not dance, um, not drink. <laughs> the right? Most dancers do not dance. <laughs> <laughs> most dancers not dance. I mean, you, know, you, you can. You I, I, start... This is a common problem that happens yeah. worldwide. I, 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 happens in New York. Happens in, in in Miami. Happens in Barcelona where we do bronchata too. Happens in, in Merida where we just did the last bronchata in Mexico. Um, like dancers do not consume, right? So. Yeah. The venues that they open their doors to you, they're doing it because they think that you're going to consume liquor and they're going to make some profit. But, you know, that stress level when people do not consume, it's not worth it. Like yeah. for me, it's like I'd rather do like socials in the park, which I did like in Central Park. I did socials in Central Park because I don't have to worry about selling liquor. I don't have to worry about selling food. Oh, and then the venues are always going to tell you we didn't make nothing. We didn't sell anything. You know, like you guys have to sell. Yeah. Or else you can't be here no more. Because to be honest, I had a restaurant before. You cannot pay for utilities, servers, and all of that if you're not making any money, right? So I understand both sides of the of the coin. Yeah. And um, I would say that if you're looking for money, the dance community is not it. If you do it, do it for passion. And if you're good at it, eventually you will make money. But it's not going to happen right off the back. 100%. 100%. Um... I do feel like it's more for the heart and then for the pocket, you know, it's a, it's a, it's yeah. a, I don't say, like, I don't know how, if there, it's a right term to use, but it's a loser's business, you know, it's a, it's a bad term. I feel like it's an incomplete term to, to describe it, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, a heart business. It's not like a money business. It's something that brings you value, not through the pocket, but through the heart. And I'm wondering, like, how, what do you think about the va- since right now we all been like I said we all been isolated and dance is such mm-hmm. a such a amazing glue. How would you explain to some? How would you uh, invite someone to be part of the community and and just uh, participate? I mean, <clears throat> I think we lost a lot of people during the pandemic. 
right? Because a lot of people were not able to dance. I mean, even myself, it wasn't if it wasn't for the radio that kept me connected to the dance community, mm-hmm. I think that I would have probably just stopped dancing because, wow. uh, you know, like everybody was looking for alternative hobbies. Like I started rollerblading, I started kayaking, I started swimming, Whoa. you know, like <laughs> it's like things that I haven't done in years, right? And why? Because I didn't have the opportunity to dance. And I think that now we're trying to get people together. And we were really lucky that with the radio, we try to keep the music playing the entire time. Even when we had no one watching, like the live stream, which is really like for our DJs to be on a live stream and not have many people watching, it's like they lose the motivation, right? So what we try to do is like, hey, guys, share this out. Don't worry about it. If they don't watch it now, they'll watch it later. And that's what we did. A lot of people watched it later. They liked the video. So, it's, But it's really hard. During a pandemic, it was really hard to keep the dancers connected. Mm-hmm. And I think now we have to keep on promoting dance, right? Like what we did with Bachateando just now. We were live streaming the festival. And it wasn't because, hey, Bachata Central Radio is here. No, it was more like, hey, guys, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, right? Everybody's going to get to this. Yeah. And, of course, we want to be able to reach people, too, that maybe they're not familiar with the dance community, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was interesting because Daddy Janky reposted a, a video from Bachateando, oh. right? So that's reaching out outside of our dance community. That's, now that's getting to the general market, right? And it just, I, I think that promoting the dance community, spreading the word on what it is, it's going to engage people. Like I tell people like, Hey, you're not feeling good. Like, you know, dancing is really good when you're feeling down. Cause you know, everybody goes through life differently. Everybody mm-hmm. has ups and downs. And in those downs is when you want to look them people. Cause it's such a dancing helps you clear your mind sometimes. Right. Yeah. So when you start dancing and then you meet people that they're not trying to do anything else, but just dance with you and they're being honest. Cause they just, you know, it's a way of expression. I think that loops people in. Um, and I think that we just need to keep on spreading the word. Hey, you know, this is what you, what you do for fun. Like, oh, I dance. What do you do for stress? I dance. Oh, you know, and, and explain what it is, what it is, social dancing. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people do not understand what social dancing is, especially in the Latin community. It, it's very <laughs> taboo for someone in the Latin community to go to a club, right? And for his girlfriend or, or, or her boyfriend to go and dance with someone else, for them it's like, wait, what? My girlfriend's going to go dancing with this person and they're going to be doing body rolls? No way, right? Yeah. But I it's... think that when you explain that, hey, you know, this is what we do and it's not it's not that anybody's trying to stake your girlfriend away or your boyfriend away. It's just that you're sharing a dance yeah, And, you know, it's very respectful. Like what I try to do when I see a couple, I go and ask the guy, hey, may I dance with your girlfriend? You know, out of respect, because maybe he's not aware of how social dance works. And then, you know, I'll tell her the same. I'll get my girlfriend. I'm like, oh, go ask her boyfriend, you know. So try to engage people. And I think that we all have to do that more to keep on growing this, uh, the community. 100%. I feel you touched on a very cool, very interesting point to to make feel make people feel comfortable you have to reach out like you have to be you have to be aware that those people are standing on the side and and uh approach them and talk to them so they feel included do you how what can we take from the dance community then and we can take it out so we can strengthen the communities that we're part of because that's how we build connections you know how people that they want to be part of it they want to be part of what you do they want to be part of things that happen 
but they feel like they don't have the courage. How can we? How can we? How can we strengthen our communities from the tools think, that we get from the dance community? I think that just enabling the communication. I think educating people on what is it that we do. You know, like I mentioned before, like sometimes when you think about people that you dance, mm -hmm. they really look down at you and they're like, "Oh, this guy is like a party going, right?" <laughs> so, <laughs> like, they, they don't really, and you gotta explain people explain to people that in the dance community you'll find all type of people yeah right you find doctors nurses like engineers architects like you know it's like people that are good people yeah. in general right not only professionals like you know service people whatever but they're good people and that's what i think we have to emphasize that you want to meet good people you know, bring someone to a social, be like, hey, have you ever danced? No, oh, there's a free class. Because normally most socials get like a free class. Mm -hmm. I know that in Bronchetta, we did that to bring new people that never dance. We're like, oh, and then we try to pull people in, right? So maybe maybe get like a free class in all the socials, but like for people that are beginners, not for intermediate or advanced because, no, you know, they don't need it. You want new people that are going to start dancing. So the way that you can get them dancing is like, hey, this is a beginner class. Just get the basics. And what I tell every girl that's a beginner, a beginner, I'm like, if you look bad, it's my fault because I'm not leading you right. <laughs> right. And I use like, this oh, joke okay, all okay. the time. You know, if, if you, if it's, you make a mistake, the guy is always wrong. So don't worry. So don't Exactly. <laughs> so I think that makes them feel comfortable and then they like it and they start dancing. And then you do that like in every social, in 10 social, you have 10 new dancers. Yeah. You know, like it's easy like that. It's just accumulate super fast 100% I feel you know tell me how how at least was your experience from dancing when I came into dancing I was uh my focus was on becoming a good dancer and I got so many rejections I got like uh people like I I, I no one came to me and like say hey like come and, and dance I had one friend who said to me okay you're good but I want to have my uh my fair share of dancing and then at the end of the night i'll dance with you and i'll give you tips she was like top of the one of the top dancers so i had to wait until the end of the night so i can really practice but i stayed and then i felt uh i i went on sheer will you know i went to like just gunning forward uh but i really learned when uh when you take the time and you just like uh ask people around you create so many cool moments and connections and uh this this just and later when you come the next night then they like hey david come and dance with us and then it's like hey like let's practice let's do this and then you grow you grow forward how and that mm -hmm. was my my experience when i started dancing i brought myself into to the level when people were asking me to dance and then when i became an instructor then people were uh more willing to to dance with me but <laughs> uh but i did found a sense of community in there because i felt at least in the group the group when i was practicing how was it yeah. for you when you started dancing well <clears throat> i started dancing salsa first and then you know we got invited to a social in new york we went to it and then we started seeing how people were moving. I was like, oh, this is bachata. Okay, I can dance bachata, <laughs> right? But then, of course, the dance the dance community, if back then was like, hey, you dance traditional or you dance sensual? And I was like, 
I don't know. I, I dance like whatever I feel, right? Because <laughs> I never, <laughs> I only took a few bachata classes and I still consider myself a beginner. <laughs> and um, it's just that for me, dancing is more like I feel the music. And sometimes when I, when I speak both Spanish and English, so I understand the songs and the lyrics, mm-hmm. it's more like intimate because I'm like, oh, wow, this song is like, uh, you know what I you feel the song and then you're dancing with someone. Sometimes you're like singing the song as you're dancing. And for me has been very, I, I think the dance community has been very welcoming, you know? Yeah. And also because I, I was, you know, we, we, we enter with my friends in New York, we enter the dance community at the same time. So even like if we didn't have no one to dance with, we'll dance with our, within ourselves. So even when we started doing Branchata, sometimes we're like, well, whoever comes, comes. But as long as we're here, <laughs> at least we can dance with each other, right? That's amazing. Um, and it's been great, man. Like right now, my best friend, she's a dancer. My really good friends, they're all dancers. I still have some friends that are non-dancers. And they're like, oh, he's the crazy one that dances. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like in Miami, I went out with one good friend, Jesse, and his girlfriend. We went out to Mexican place. And they were playing bachata, right? And we're like, me and my girlfriend were like, oh, we have to dance this one. And so we get up at the Mexican restaurant, we start dancing, and everybody's like looking at us. And my buddy is like, man, you guys are crazy. You guys not dance nice. <laughs> you know, it's like it's amazing. It's uh, I feel it's so cool. I went for friends in New York, like in Long Island, to a Dominic. It's a place that was called Dominican Restaurant Four, and they would just play bachata. And I said with my friends, and they're like. Why are you sitting? I, I was like, why are you sitting? There's music. So I went up to the waitress and asked, do you dance? And she's like, yeah. And later she introduced me to her mom and her aunt and her grandma. And they all danced with me. And Amazing. Like, and then like, and then they signaled the dad like, oh, don't worry. It's cool. He's just dancing. Like, it's not, not a big deal. But so, but it was <laughs> like, don't kill him. Don't yeah, kill yeah, yeah, yeah. He's no, good. he's good. He's good. He's good. Yeah. But. <laughs> It was a great experience. It was a, an amazing experience to to just be able to connect over something, you know. Yeah, I really, no, I really... definitely. I remember one story. Um, uh, Lauren moved. My best friend. She moved to Washington Heights, mm-hmm. right, the mecca of Dominicans in New York City. Yeah, and we go to the supermarket, and they're playing bachata, and we're like. Why aren't people dancing here? So we started dancing in the supermarket. Dude, I'm, I'm so dying. It happens and everybody's like, oh, you know, the Dominicans like, hey, yeah, you guys know how to dance bachata. Dude, they love, they so love when people cool. people dance out there. The people celebrate their culture. You know, it's it's uh, recognized as part of their UNESCO. Uh, uh, what was it called? How's it? I don't know exactly the term, but like it's a. Uh, heritage uh yeah. heritage site you know like it's a cultural a, heritage, cultural yes. cultural by like a world work recognized you know so uh, and uh i get to see it here because i have a friend i think you know him dima uh he also been on the podcast and he really pushes he and his uh his girlfriend are really are the, uh, an amazing ambassadors of uh authentic uh bachata i don't want, I want like traditional authentic traditional uh yeah. same same word and i i really happy to like, see people like the they met they they met the the ambassador and they he was he was so happy to see a lot of israelis come and just dance dance uh bachata and celebrate the culture and that's yeah, an amazing no, that's thing amazing actually we're actually, actually we're working with the the department of culture of dominican republic now oh promoting adn bachata i'm not sure if we're familiar with that 
um, but William and Nora are the representatives internationally mm-hmm. for driving um, bachata as the as the country's brand. Yeah, out of DR because they um, they they notice that people are dancing bachata like in Asia, Korea, you know, oh, Russia. Yeah. Everywhere. But then they realize it's not traditional bachata. No. They're like, no. wait, this is not traditional bachata, right? This is like sensual bachata. And now the, it's super nice that the country themselves, they are um, recognizing the dance community. Yeah. So actually, we are part of that effort. We participate in through William Nora and El Tigre, uh, representing and helping connecting the dance community to this initiative that is being led by the government of Dominican Republic. They're actually shooting a movie that's coming out at the end of the year. Wow. Uh, Bachata ADN, the birth of Bachata, because they also want to emphasize that Bachata was born in Dominican Republic, right? Because I think that since Bachata Sensual was born in Cadiz, Spain, a lot of people get confused, like, oh, it's yeah, from yeah, Bachata yeah. is from Spain. Like, no, no, Bachata is from Dominican Republic. That's like a first so thing. The uh... dance is from Spain, the Bachata Sensual, but the music itself. Adds a they, twist. You know, I know. It's people really, I feel like, uh, and that's that something. Uh, people are missing out is uh, that they don't learn the 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 origin origin of the dance. Like, I mean, salsa you cannot really put the finger on the map where it really came from. But that's a uh, I at least I don't know I don't know maybe I'm wrong and I should learn a little bit more. But from bachata, mm-hmm. it's very clear cut that that came from the Dominican Republic, and then it did the. It didn't really do an evolution. Someone was inspired by the music to create the moves that are now we know as sensual bachata. But mm-hmm. people, I think people should really be more educated about what they're dancing and what because uh, it's look it creates a it creates a sense of connection. You you learn about a culture, and when you learn about the culture, you learn to uh, learn about new customs, and it just it brings people together eventually yeah definitely for us at the radio when when they reached out to us for us was like this makes sense for us to be like the tool to get to the dance community because yes we have the dancers we have the music but what we didn't have was the culture right so when they said when they asked them hey do you guys want to participate in this initiative we were like yes because it makes sense it just fits the it's the last piece of the puzzle it makes to, to us was like this is a perfect fit so there yeah. was no questions about it and i spoke to the team and we we're like yeah we're going to support the adn bachata 100 because it's the culture of where all of this is coming from right yeah. if it wasn't for the culture we would have never made the dance community we would never made the music that we're making today so Hundred percent, and and uh, like uh, before, uh, uh, before we kind of, I know you're in a time frame, and before we conclude the the episode, I would like I would like to ask you this: How do you th- how do you th- in your opinion do you think we preserve connection even through dance uh, with advancements in technologies? Because you see, right now we we able to connect through Zoom and and uh, we talk to people online and uh, life pre-covid was going more also was pushing towards online and meeting people and and uh, making uh, uh, having a more virtual life than a, in a physical life but how do you think we can maintain the physical connection going forward with the advancement um i think joining a community everywhere you go um like i went to estonia latvia lithuania uh 
maybe like three, four years ago, and I was surprised how much dancing they had. They had dancing every day of the week. Uh, and in America, they were like, why are you going there? I'm like, oh, why not? <laughs> right? And it was like, I was really happily surprised to see how much dancing. And I met people there, and I connected with someone, and they introduced me to other dancers. And I was like, oh, cool. So I had, like, my, my schedule was, like, dancing Monday, dancing Tuesday, dancing Wednesday, right? <laughs> and then I maintained that connection with them. Like, even though I'm, I went back to the States, I'm like, yeah. hey, how are you? You know, like, now it's so much easier because you're, like, an Instagram. Like, just shoot them a like. Like, hey, I'm coming by. Or tell people about the dance community in, in your area right yeah like when i was in merida right now i was telling them oh we're gonna go to bachateando and this, we're gonna do this i hope to see you guys soon so now with the branchata in merida in mexico and now we have another dance community over there that before we didn't even know existed right so i think that whenever you travel look for the dance community um and then reach out don't be a, don't be afraid to ask people like hey is there a social, right? Because I mean, that's the first thing I do. I reach out to people yeah. on Facebook. Like uh, I was going to Prague. I reached out, I forgot to who. I'm like, that, 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 Prague. Okay. I, I started asking, there's going to be a social there. And then people reply back. Oh yeah, there's going to be a social like X, Y, Z, like no. And then you just go and then you just meet people and then try to stay in touch and then try to introduce people. Like if you see someone that's visiting you, introduce them to your friends. Don't just like, like have a dance and just walk away. Yeah. No introduce that person to your dance community because whenever any of those people go to another country guess what this person might be introducing you to his dance community 100 right? percent. and try to and, and and i think that connection regardless if there's zoom or not is still going to be there right because now people have what's up and like hey how are you like hey i'm going like i have a bronchata in new york city group I have a bronchata miami group i have a bronchata barcelona group i have a bronchata merida group right so now when I have people coming in from, from Spain, people will message me like, hey, James, this person is coming to New York and can we invite him to the group? I'm like, yeah, definitely bring him on board. So that person <laughs> will get in the group and we're like, hey, guys, this is this person is coming in from Barcelona. Please take him out to dance, right? And they were like, oh, yeah, this Pachata Rosa going out on Fridays. Oh, yeah, this is another social happening on Saturdays, right? So people will go ahead and meet them. Even if I'm not in New York, people will still, like our friends, our community will welcome them and go out with them. Here, right? Because it's easier when you know someone at least yeah. than when you go somewhere and you don't know anyone. So try to create those communities and, you know, don't be scared to reach out to people like, hey, I'm going to go here. Do you know anyone there? You know, because you'll be surprised. And the dance community is, is global, but at the same time, it's very small. So yeah, you'll, 100%. You'll, you'll bump into people. Like I did a social here and then... Two years ago, we went to London, and then the people that came to my social, we saw them in London, and we're like, "Whoa, what a coincidence, right?" And they're like, "Hey, it was super cool to like bump into people that you met once, you know." Yeah, I so mean, I think you, that's one way. You, you, I think you put it very, very well that just get out of a little bit of that comfort zone and just reach out to the dance community, which is I feel the most welcoming community, and just like because there is no there the the entry how do you say like the the entry the barrier is very <laughs> low you don't have to like work so hard to to get in like we said exactly don't be a creep and you'll be fine <laughs> exactly and those creeps i think every dance community knows who they are yeah uh, i know that we identify them on every event like oh it's this guy again <laughs> yeah you're just like <laughs> hey buddy he how's it going it. like let's have a chat for a second <laughs> yes yeah well in new york it has been very extreme and, and in new york everybody that's one thing about new york that 
all the dance communities over there, like they protect each other. Yeah. So they, they take each other safer back. for everyone. Yeah. I feel like that's what makes communities good when you feel safe to be you and you know that exactly. there's no harm. So brother, so before you're, I'm letting you go, let me ask you those like 10 questions that I took from another show, which I really, really like. So first question is, what's your favorite word? Dale. <laughs> <laughs> For those who don't know Spanish, Dane is like, yeah, like, let's go. Let's do it. Yeah, let, let's go. Let's yeah. do it. <laughs> I was about to say in Hebrew, but it's like, no, it's not really, it's in Arabic, but it's yalla. Like, come on, let's do. Yalla. <laughs> nice. Uh, what's your least favorite word? No. Oh, yeah. that's. A, it's actually, yeah, yeah, you can say no. <laughs> what, what turns you on, like, creatively, spiritually, like? Um, wow. A challenge. Oh, that's a that's very deep. <laughs> a what challenge, what turns you off? People saying I can't do that. <laughs> I can really. I don't do it. <laughs> I'm like really, guys. <laughs> what sound or noise do you love? What sound or noise do I love? Yes. Um. The Wira. The guira? Uh, yes. You know, I always thought it's a cheese grater for some reason. Like at first, and I was like, why are they playing on a cheese grater? Uh, what sound or noise do you hate? Oh, man. Those motorcycles that go... I'm like, dude, you really have to do that in, You're in Miami my at 6 in the morning? You're in Miami. That's Florida. That's Florida for you. I've been there for a week in Daytona, and I was like, yep, yep, I know where I am. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite curse word? Hmm. Uh, I would say fuck. <laughs> like <laughs> fuck, because <laughs> it happens a lot. Like, damn it. That's the go <laughs> the, the go to. Uh, what profession other than your own you would like to attempt? Profession. Yes. Wow. With the radio, I'll be honest. I'm doing everything. So. It's like I'm doing social media, I'm doing business development, I'm doing sales, I'm doing programming. I mean, maybe, I don't know, man, because <laughs> I feel like I'm doing it all right now. <laughs> I mean, you can, like there's so everything. many, like, yeah, there's an architect, like a doctor, a lawyer, uh, I don't know, a school teacher. I don't know. Is there any maybe one a school of those? teacher. Like teaching, coaching, I like doing that. Yeah. So, what profession... Well, you you would not like to attempt restaurant owner. I had a restaurant, and more power to the restaurant owners. Boy. I will never do that again. <laughs> All right, that's a that's a good one. And uh, final question: If heaven exists, what would you like God to God say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates? Uh welcome because <laughs> <Come> in. <laughs> i don't know man sometimes you know you have to decide what's good and bad and sometimes it's some i hope i made the right decision i hope i don't go to hell for that <laughs> so <laughs> i feel you brother i feel you so right now the stage is yours to tell the people what is your uh, endeavors and share the radio because that i feel like there that's an amazing thing that you do and how they can find you and connect to you on social media and the internet so the stage is yours brother 
perfect. Thank you, brother. So um, I just want to go ahead and reach out to the dance community and basically say that, you know, Bachata Social Radio was created for dancers, right? So we're targeting a very niche market that you don't find in other platforms. And what's special about us is not only that we're created for dancers, but we're also working and helping independent artists reach the dance community because they've been making music for us, right? But they haven't received the same compensation from us to them. Like a lot of people dance to their music, but they have no idea who it is that's singing that specific track. So what we're trying to do is put a face to that song that you dance to, right? And and the best way to do that is by sharing follow and liking and downloading our application. You can download the Bachata Central Radio app on the Google uh, Store or on the Apple, um, the Apple Store and the Google Play Store. Mm-hmm. Um, and please uh, just share the knowledge, share, you know, that we're here. Bachata Central Radio was created for dancers. And I want to thank all the DJs that work with us on a daily basis because they work very hard to bring you like a listening experience, a unique listening experience because you don't hear this music anywhere else. Right. And I want to thank all our collaborators that have been constantly supporting us and everyone that's taken an ambassador role on their own to represent the radio worldwide. And thank you for the support. And again, look us up on Instagram, on Facebook, Bachata Central Radio. And if you guys are starting up in your music career, reach out, um, you know, because we're creating the music. If you're good, your music is going to get out there. You don't have to pay pay for music positioning or any of that. So... Thank you for the time. I appreciate it, David. Oh, 100%, bro. It was my pleasure and my honor to have you here and uh, listen to your in, your input and, and just like enjoy your company, even though it's virtual. And I really hope to see you soon uh, in person. And uh, yeah, man, for me, it was the best. And everyone who listens, all the links are going to be in the description. So yeah, whenever you have the time, just check it out. Put on the radio in the background. Enjoy the music. Enjoy the rhythm. Enjoy the... And support the community. It's a really great... Uh, cause it's a really great way to be part of this world and give back in, in a little bit to the people who are making you feel ba- feel good every single time that you hear the music so james thank you so much for coming in on this podcast i really miss you man and uh, i really appreciate your time and uh thank you i hope to see you soon and everyone else have a beautiful day and i'll see you on the next one